Awesome. Hi, Rich. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. So you are a concert photographer, unless I got you mixed up with somebody else. No, I I am, and and even that, and and this I think about sometimes is I've I've been doing photography since 2020. I've really gotten into concerts over the last year or so, and like it's I mean I, I'm a huge music fan, and so combining two of my biggest interests and passions was was a no brainer. But I've been doing so many concerts the last couple of months that like a lot of my other kinds of photography have. Not really fallen by the wayside, but just not doing it as much just because I've got a lot of other things going on. But um, yes, among other things, I am uh, an, a very avid concert photographer. Awesome. What other time, kinds of photography do you do? Well, uh, pretty much like everybody else, when COVID lockdowns happened in 2020, um, tried to get a new hobby, um, tried bread making, made one loaf of bread. It was fine. A lot of places were uh, low on... Um, on yeast because a lot of people were trying to do bread. I bought a camera, uh, a Panasonic, a Lumix G7 was what I got. When my wife and I had gone to Italy a, a few years prior, I got a used one. I thought if we're going on a European vacation, I might as well have something that's not just my phone uh, to use around Europe. Got a camera, got one, maybe two lenses, didn't know what I was doing, didn't bother learning anything about it. And then it sat in a drawer from 2016 to 2020. In quarantine, I thought that I would just start taking pictures again just because I wanted a record of how weird our life was. Um, in, in the early days of quarantine, um, my wife cut my hair once because um, we couldn't go out and get my hair cut. So like just all these funny, like weird things I wanted to make sure we remembered later. Um, started taking pictures of stuff. And then that kind of led naturally into street photography because there wasn't a lot else to do but just kind of walk around and take pictures of stuff. Um, and then a, a friend of mine works at a, a brewery here in Chicago, Revolution Brewing, and, and he uh, let me take some product photos uh, of their beer products. So dabbled in product photography a little bit. And then I used that to get some lights, practiced on my dog for months, um, and then was able to transfer those skills over to doing human headshots. So um, I've dabbled in a lot of stuff. I, I think that at this point, though, because I've been focusing so much this year, I'd say that concert photography is probably what I have the most experience in now. Um, but, you know, I've, I've just always been a fan of just bringing my camera wherever I can and taking pictures of whatever's around me, no matter what it is. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Uh, I definitely have to agree that uh, quarantine is a rough time, but I kind of had the opposite problem where um, like there's just like a solid year in the photo album of my phone where there's just like no photos and I don't remember quarantine like at <laughs> all. So it's like there's just like the space in my life where it's like, I guess 2021 happened, but I have no recollection or record of yep. it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's I'm still having trouble figuring out uh, anytime someone says something happened. Oh, that happened within someone says something happened within the last eight months to the last three years. That's all like one week for me. COVID was a weird time, but it seems like a lot of us kind of figured out, um, you know, something that we enjoy doing from it, which I think is really cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, uh, I do know that music scene media is kind of, uh, it's kind of young and 
I believe Mel said on uh, our episode that you were one of the first members of Music Scene Media. Is that correct? Uh, I don't know. Just because I joined in, I think, late November or uh, early December of last year. So they'd been around for almost a year at that point. Um, I'm not sure how many people are still around from back then, uh, how much turnover that there's been. But um, I just joined up in November, did my first show in January. Okay. Yeah, that's not that's not too much longer than me. I might have just misinterpreted stuff because, like, conversations blend in together and stuff. But I think... I blame COVID. <laughs> yeah. I, uh... I I think she mentioned that she bought a lens from you, and that's what I'm thinking of. Oh, yep, that was me. Um, I am constantly cycling through lenses, and uh, you know, I think that that's part of getting better at photography is learning what you do and don't use. And so I had some redundancy in the lenses that I had. She was looking for a little bit longer of a lens to shoot a show with. So, um, you know, you, I'm sure you've been on the websites where you can resell your, your lenses used and you see how much you bought it for and then how much they're willing to give you. And it's like, well, if I'm going to sell it to someone for that cheap, I might as well sell it to somebody I know and it's going to get use out of it. So. Yeah, it's, it's actually robbery what they try to buy lenses for, from you for, like, I kind of get camera bodies because, like, the more you use it, the, the less effective it may be or the more wear it takes. But, like, lenses, man, I don't get it. But, um, yeah, I uh, I definitely went through a similar thing, especially when I started. I've gone through, like, five different lenses where I'm like, okay, this is the one I'm going to use for concerts mainly. And then it's mm -hmm. like, oh, wait. I think this could actually be better. And then I'm stuck with my 2470, which I'm really happy with. Yeah. What kind of what kind of lens uh, do, lenses do you rock during concerts? Um. So it's actually interesting. Um, recently, within the last couple of months, I have uh, been using a 35 to 150 millimeter um, lens. I use a Sony body. Um, you know, like a lot of people, uh, a lot of concert photographers, the 24 to 70 millimeter is the bread and butter. If you're right there in the pit, 70 to 200 is backup to sort of cover pretty much everything else you need is is the, the go to. When I saw that there was a 35 to 150 available, um, I figured that it would probably cover both of those. Um, and that was a little important to me uh, at the time, just because some of the venues I shoot here in Chicago. Um, the Metro bottom lounge, um, smaller venues like that, the pits can be a little bit small, a little bit tight, um, having to change lenses, especially if you're working with one body can be a little cumbersome, um, being able to have a 35 to 150. Yeah. I lose 50 millimeters on the top end. Yeah. I lose maybe, you know, 11 on the wide end. Um, but being able to leave for a concert and not even have to bring even a small bag with me, just one body, one lens, and I'm out, um, is, is such a huge advantage. And, and when you shoot a place that's 700, you know, 1100 people or so the difference between the 150 and the 200 on the long end, like I'm not going to be that far from the stage. I don't really need that much reach. So, um, that's been my workhorse for the last couple of months now, um, I've also really lately been getting a little bit more into um, a little bit wider lenses. I have a, a 17 to 24, which isn't, you know, super wide, but um, I've, I've been trying to make a little bit more of a concentrated effort to get 
at least one or two pictures. If I can't get the whole band in a photo, if there's like five or six people, or, you know, if it's arcade fire and there's 50 people on stage at one time, um, you know, at least getting as many as I can in one shot. Um, and that one's really come in handy a lot lately too. So I've been, I've been warming up to just those two. Um, but you know, I did my first soundboard show, uh, last month and I had to bring a, a 150 to 500 millimeter lens, which I usually use for you know sitting in the stands at baseball games. So it's, it's cool to be able to have enough flexibility to cover that range, but man, cost of entry is, is such a huge barrier for a lot of people, especially when, from what I've experienced, there's not like a ton of money in concert photography. So yeah, you do have a good point. Uh, I think it's very, very underestimated by the general population just how much money the average concert photographer and just photographer in general pours into equipment. Because even your average portrait photographer, you know, they have all kinds of lighting equipment. They have mm-hmm. all kinds of props. Like, it's it's crazy how much we put into this. But I really get your point also about having that one lens because like i said i have that 2470 and man i see either photographers fumbling with lenses in between songs or um people with multiple bodies which which just it sounds like a good idea but also sounds like a lot of money to me so i've never really played with that but um having like a workhorse like i saw that 35 to 150 not long after i got my 2470 and I was like, man, that looks like a good lens, like the Tamron and the Samyang ones. Like those mm-hmm. look awesome. Yeah, big fan, big fan of it. You you mentioned quickly that you, you shoot some baseball games and um, that's just really cool. I just wanted to say because I, I love your pictures of Cubs games, even though I'm a White Sox oh, fan. Thank you. Yeah, is it? Yeah, I. I, uh, I I am extremely lucky living in Chicago. Not only do we have two professional baseball teams, but both of them, uh, the policy on their website is that anyone can bring in any camera and lens combo that they want, um, which is not the case for a, a lot of places. I know a lot of stadiums say, you know, usually what, a, what an arena concert will do, which is you can bring in a point and shoot. Sometimes they'll have a restriction on even how long the lens of the point and shoot can be when it's extended. Um, Chicago Cubs right on their website says you can bring in any professional video or photo equipment as long as it doesn't have a tripod, you're not getting in anybody's way. So, um, you know, that's that's getting back to what I said before. One of the things that sold me on getting a a 500 millimeter zoom lens is that, you know, you don't have to sit right up front at a game to be able to get really great pictures. You can sit pretty much anywhere in the park and just zoom all the way in and and get it. Um, You get a little fuzziness when you try and get people in motion, but uh, luckily for, for baseball, that's one out of every, you know, 15 or 20 seconds in game time. So there's a lot of standing around that happens. You can see some, some pretty compelling images. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, that's really cool. And not something I'd really expect either. Um, just a little curious. So there are, you know, methods to cons photography and how we manage light and how we edit and things like that. Um, what kind of differences are there between, shooting sports and shooting concert photography because sports photography is something that has very much interested me. The thing, I mean, both of them require a certain amount of luck meets preparation. And and by what that, I mean, 
you've got no control over what's happening in front of you, whether it's a baseball game or a concert, people are going to move in a way that you can expect, but doesn't always happen. You don't know what the lights are going to look like. Um, and so some of the best baseball images and some of the best concert images I've gotten have been just because I was looking in the right place at the right time. And I could have easily been looking at something else and just completely missed it and not even known that I'd missed it. I think that's more of a factor when it comes to something like baseball because, or, or sports in general, because it's such a wide playing field that you have to pay attention to. Luckily in baseball, the, the, the action is usually focused on wherever the ball is. And, 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 and that's true of a lot of sports, but um, you know, basketball, there's a lot of off ball movement that you got to pay attention to and, and people, you know, fighting for position underneath the, the, the basket and things like that can make some really great images, people on the bench, stuff like that. Um, and so it's also tough sometimes because I'm also there as a fan to watch the baseball game. And so I don't want to be looking through my viewfinder the entire nine innings, but at the same time, there's been times where I was watching the game more than I was, um, paying attention with my camera and I didn't miss something. I was like, Oh, that would have been a really good picture and just kind of missed it. So, you know, balancing all those things together and, and making sure you're also not getting in anybody's way. Um, I'd say it's a little bit more of a factor in sports, but, um, you do get that sort of, you know, pitcher's got the ball, he's going to throw it to the batter. So, you know, at least to start with exactly where you got to look. Yeah. And I thought you brought up an interesting point, like bring up preparation because I don't know. I, there's a lot of general stereotypes about, well, this is just mostly editing, or this is like most photographers just take the picture and you're done. But I feel like with concerts, um, it's like 20% preparation, 40%, like 40% actually shooting and like 40% editing. Whereas like porch photographers, like 50% of it is preparation. 30% of it is actually taking a picture and 20 or like 20% take a picture and 30% editing. So like, there's just a lot more that goes into it than meets the eye, I think. Yeah, I think uh, there's been so many times in concert photography where like th th there are, and, and maybe this is different for people who are more experienced than I am, but there's, there's sometimes maybe once or twice a show where you kind of anticipate that something's going to happen and you, you have the time to think like, I want this picture. I think that's going to happen. And I'm going to frame it like this and shoot it like this. It's going to be awesome. And you do it and it happens and you get the shot and you're like, Oh, I got to remember to look at that one when I get home, because I think I really got that, you know, maybe once a show, if that sometimes maybe once every two shows or so. Um, and then there's a lot of pictures that you get home and you look at them and, and you go, Oh, I didn't, mean to catch that like that but wow that really framed up real well whether it's luck or whether you just kind of had intuition or whatever um that's part of it but uh i, I mean it's I, when i've done headshots that's not the case before that person gets up and leaves the chair i have to make sure and know that i got the shot you know because there's a certain standard for that so you're right there's there's different you know depending on what your goal is depending on what it is that you're trying to capture there's there's a lot of difference but um, I think that's what, what makes it really exciting is there is no do over and you don't know what's going to happen for the most part, as far as lighting goes. And even if you're familiar with the venue, every, every artist is different. I had, um, uh, a venue I was at last week. I, I shot a show. Um, I don't know if the lighting person was being clever. I, I think they were, the band was an Irish band. Um, 
And so they were in green light the entire time. Um, looked cool in person, was super tough to fight against for, for, for pictures. But, you know, I, I can't go to a band and say, well, you were lit in a way that doesn't really work with cameras and editing. So sorry, you know, you just got to do what you got to do. And I kind of leaned into the green more than I like to because I didn't have any other choice. It was green or black and white. Yeah, I mean, that's um, that's usually how it goes. I mean, every once in a while, I get really lucky to where like, I know the sound guy or I know the lighting guy and I can be like, hey, can you do this or this or this? And it works Ooh, out great. Nice. But uh, most of the time, you know, you're just at the whim of the venue and whatever you're dealing with. But one thing you made me think of, because you mentioned like how there's no do overs. I don't know what your commute is like, uh, but for me, I there are often times where I have to drive like two hours, two, three hours back home after a show. And like the entire time, I have so much anxiety because I have no idea what any of my pictures actually look like, you know, like once I put them on a yeah. computer screen. So I'm just drowning in anxiety while I'm waiting to be like, OK, are these pictures good or not? Are they good? Like, it's just it's a rough feeling. It is. And, and I think that probably some of that difference is and correct me if i'm wrong but you get a lot more paid work than i do and by that i mean i get next to none <laughs> a lot of it is um just because i enjoy doing it or it's a band that i wanted to see anyway or, or something like that i think that at least for me that's uh, a part of it that i don't worry about as much because if the photos don't work out maybe worst case scenario if i don't get what i wanted is um you know I can't even think of what the worst. I mean, I can't think of taking photos so bad that a PR person would say, wow, we're not going to prove you for any other shows ever again. Um, but if there is money on the line, if it is not just your reputation as a photographer, but your ability to sell yourself for that next job, totally. Yeah. And, and, and there's no feeling more kind of anxious in, in this industry than the time between when you're done with the job and when you can actually look at what your output is. Um, and, and I sort of have the same, a little bit the opposite problem as you is I think because when you're in the venue and you're looking at the previews on the back of your screen, like it's a tiny screen, but it's also high resolution and it's dark around you. So it really pops. I've looked at the back of my camera and scrolled through images and been like, Oh hell yeah, I, I totally nailed these couple. I'm gonna look at that one. That one's gonna turn out awesome. And then I get to my computer and I pull it up and I'm like, Oh, that's not really that great. Like it like might be a little bit soft in the focus and maybe I got the mic stand instead of the singer's face in focus. And, um, so, so that's kind of tricked me too, is there's been a couple of times where I've been like, Oh, I did nail it. And then I get home and I'm like, Oh, those pictures are not nailed. Like I thought. Yeah. I, I completely get that because there's, I've been fooled by my camera before where either few view through the viewfinder or through like the little picture player on the main screen. I'm like, wow, these photos turned out so great. And I go on my laptop and I'm like, okay, not so great. <laughs> and it's just well, like the trick is to just get the band to come join you and look at them on the tiny screen on the back of your camera. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, um, yeah, and I've I've actually done that where I've sent like like if I'm friends with the band or whatever, or if I'm just really excited, I'll like take a picture of of the picture on my camera and send it to people and be like, oh, look how great Same. this turns out. And it's just like a nerdy little geeky thing. I think a lot of photographers do. 
I do the same thing. I'm just too impatient. And if I want to like show my wife something, I'm like, look at this picture that I got. And of course the photo of the back of the thing, especially because you are in the venue where the lights aren't on always looks terrible, but you're so excited. It's like, mm, I'm going to send it anyway. And then she gets it and she's like, Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, everybody's like, Oh yeah, that looks great. But, um, anyway, I do, I do want to make sure I talk about this cause it's, it's something really fun. I think is you went to Riot Fest, but not yes. really approved though. So, so give everybody a little bit of background on that whole situation if you can. You know, and it's funny though. Before I even became a photographer, the first Riot Fest I went to, Riot Fest is a is a a punk rock slash rock slash hip hop sometimes hardcore festival in Chicago. It's a three-day festival every year. Um, we just wrapped it up this year to give you sort of an idea of the ground that it covers. First night, the headliners were Turnstile and Foo Fighters. Second night, it was Postal Service and Death Cab and um, Queens of the Stone Age. And then the third night, The Cure uh, closed things out. So, um, But in 2019, the first one that I went to, um, even before I, I had an interest in, in photography, I remember being up front and seeing people in the photo pit and they had their t-shirts that say riot fest media team. And I just remember thinking like, Man, that'd be a cool job to have. Um, so last year was when I, in September of last year, when the last year's riot fest happened, I was sort of dabbling in photography. Um, and so I brought a point and shoot to the festival, took some pictures. Um, at the time that made up like most of my, um, portfolio when I actually pitched myself to music scene media. So, um, you know, don't let taking pictures from the crowd, bring you down. You can get some pretty good results. But, um, anyway, uh, after I did that sort of unofficially last year, my goal for this year was I wanted to, um, get with a publication, get approved to officially cover Riot Fest from the photo pits, do the whole thing. Um, as you just mentioned, we did not get picked. It's very competitive. Um, they have a lot of great outlets applying. Um, I've seen over the last couple of days as they've been putting out tons of high quality pictures, fantastic stuff that they did um, do. But um, I decided that I wasn't going to let that sort of stop me. So um, I was going anyway. I, I go to all the three days every year anyway. Um, brought a point and shoot with me that has a lot of zoom because it's very, very important uh, when you're standing very far back. Um, and, and sort of shot at myself for, for a couple of days. And it's actually like, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back at all, but I, I was really pleased with the results and, and the things that I find that are interesting is, would it have been better to be in the photo pit you know, four feet away from these bands and taking pictures that close with my, you know, the nice camera that I own, of course, but like between the crazy zooms that some of these point and shoots do these days, as well as um, the AI denoise in Lightroom, like you can get pictures or the end result look like you, like you kind of couldn't be able to tell if it was done with a DSLR or a mirrorless or a point and shoot. And so what you then have the advantage of is a lot of these bands in the festivals are super tight about their media approvals. Like, you know, standard three songs for a lot of the bands. Some bands don't allow many photographers at all. Some bands might allow one song. I don't think I saw anybody in the pit for, for sleep token when they took, they, they played on Saturday. Um, but I didn't have to worry about that. I got to shoot sleep tokens entire set because I was there as a paying crowd member, um, which is kind of awesome. And, and everybody knows that like, 
one of the biggest gripes about music photography and having to only be able to shoot the first three songs from up close is everything cool happens at the end of a set. And so to be able to shoot set and the, when the cool things were happening at the end, when the lights were interesting or the production values went up, um, when all the quote unquote official people there that couldn't weren't able to shoot at that point um, was a little bit of an advantage. So I feel like I was able to get some cool shots that if they weren't as nice as a lot of the official photographers were, at least they were a little bit different because, you know, bands do costume changes, they do lighting changes, they do stage changes, things like that. So um, from that aspect, it was cool. Um, I, I really dug it. I had a lot of fun. Um, we'll have a little bit of official coverage coming to our website soon, depending on when you hear this. Um, but uh, it was a blast. Yeah, that sounds really fun. And honestly, it kind of inspired me. And uh, your story kind of reminds me of mine because I went to this festival called uh, Furnace Fest in 2021 that made its long awaited return to the Sloss Furnaces of Birmingham after like 18 that just years. Hot. That's <laughs> like, I just imagine it being like really hot with a name like that. Oh, it was. And the crazy thing was like, it was like 70, 80 degrees, which isn't that bad especially when I live in Florida, but just the sun being on you and being in a shed for half the festival, like it was just insanely hot, but I'm a, I'm a glutton for punishment. So I was, <laughs> so when I started shooting, I was like, man, I really hope I get proof for furnace fest one day. And we put together this whole email proposal thing. Like, like my other publication, we had a few posts go viral. So our reach that month was like 30 million or something crazy. So we even included that and they're just like, no, thanks. And I was like, uh, <laughs> now my hopes and dreams are crushed, but it's actually going on like right now. And I kind of wish I would have went anyway and brought a point and shoot because, man, your, your sleep token photos and, and and just the photos I've seen in general from the festival just look as good as as what I'd expect many people's uh, photo pit photos to be. So I think that's very impressive. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know what? I'm, I'm I'm glad that you brought that up and I don't want to go on too much of a tangent here, but if you don't mind, there's something, one of the things that um, I've been thinking a lot about and, and, and sort of recognizing your story right there is um, obviously having goals is very important. And like I said, my goal from last September through a couple of weeks ago was I want to get approved. I want to shoot Riot Fest this year. And the plan that I had, especially, like I said, in January this year, uh, I had only shot, you know, my crowd picks from Riot Fest last year and like one concert with four bands. So like five bands and some some crowd shots were my whole portfolio. So I knew that Riot Fest applications opened up in June. And so I made a roadmap for myself. I said, I want to shoot at least two shows a month so that by the time June happens, I've got like 12, 13 shows of multiple bands and I've got a portfolio for Riot Fest. Um, you know, like I said, didn't work out. And because that was my goal for the year, like I was, I was really bummed when we didn't get it. Like I was super sad. I was, I was really hoping to, it would come through. Um, but I got over it. And, and what really made me feel better was in the process of trying to get Riot Fest and getting approved for a ton of shows and covering a lot of stuff. And, and I feel like, you know, being living in Chicago is so fortunate because there's like, oh, there's live music, like every single night of the week. Um, you know, if I, if I took all the bands that I've covered this year and been lucky enough to get approved for, and I put those on a festival poster, and I would have said to myself in January, hey, if I said you could cover this festival in September instead of Riot Fest, 
what would you think? I'd be like, oh, hell yeah, those are bands that I love. And they're like, I would never expect to shoot, you know, this early in my career. So like, yeah, I was super bummed about it. And and every time you get a, a rejection or a, or a no response from a show that you really want to do, it's a bummer. Um, it's just something that happens and over it. Um, and, and you'll always have a next show that you'll do. And you'll always be going through your pictures of that show and you'll see the ones that you nailed. And you'll be like, like, you'll never remember the show that you didn't do before. Um, so, so if anyone's listened to this and you're newer to it, if you've had a, uh, string of bad luck, like, God, I had a, like almost a month straight this year where I didn't get any approvals. And it just like, I, I didn't know what I would, what I was doing wrong. If I was like putting my clothes on in the wrong order in the morning, or I'd, you know, accidentally run over somebody's pet and they cursed me or something like that. But, um, it all turns around. You're always going to get another show and, um, just keep, keep taking pictures of stuff. Yeah, that's that's actually a really cool point. I uh, because another big goal that I was really pushing toward and I was really hoping I'd be I'd uh, improve my skills for was Blue Ridge Rock Festival. And uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I really wanted to shoot that. But I also and I had like 200 bands, but I also have to consider I've shot 300 bands in the past year. And uh, a lot of them are really cool bands. And when I think about those bands as a festival, I really wouldn't trade um, those 300-ish bands for shooting like 10 bands at Blue Ridge before everything just went to hell. (laughs) I was going to say, are you even illegally allowed to bring up Blue Ridge at this point? (laughs) Um, It's the festival that is not allowed to be named because it is currently... (laughs) um, that meme from SpongeBob where all the filing cabinets are on fire and everybody's running around. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, and, and, and I was going to say, in, in your case with this specific festival, this specific year, you kind of saved yourself from probably, I mean, gosh, you go to something like that and rain gets in your body. You're done taking pictures of every band for a while. Yeah, pretty much. Especially, um, you know, there's a lot of costs, probably not as much for riot fest because you, already live kind of close to it but if i'm traveling across the country there's a lot of travel costs along with that oh yeah but i mean i went to reggae rise up in st petersburg and man i must have paid like a 100 bucks in food every day even though i didn't live very far and man there's there's, festivals are just expensive is i guess what i'm saying so i'm glad i didn't spend a bunch of money on something that it will have just kicked us out after a day and a half anyway Exactly. But um, anyway, we're kind of starting to run a little bit out of time. So I kind of want we've kind of actually talked about some of the nerdy stuff. Um, but so kind of kind of getting back into big picture. Um, you obviously want want to be approved for Riot Fest in the future. I, at least that's the gist I'm getting. But are there any bands you'd really love to be approved for someday? Um, You know what? It's it's. I would have said a couple weeks ago, um, run the jewels is coming up. They're coming to Chicago. They're doing four shows. And I, that's another one of those bands where when I was starting off at this time last year, if you would have been like, if you could cover them next year, would you want to? And I'd be like, yeah, but there's no effing way that I'd be able to do that. Um, we actually got approval for them next Friday. So depending on when you're listening to this, it may already be live on our site. may not. Um, so that, I mean, that they're one of my favorite hip hop groups, um, have been for, you know, since 2014 or so. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to shoot them. It's at my favorite venue, the salt shed in Chicago. If you haven't been there, it's a new indoor space. 
Um, fantastic venue, phenomenal to have a place in Chicago that was built in this in this decade. As much as I love all the historic clubs in Chicago, um, a place with 2020 in mind when it comes to bathrooms and cleanliness and space is is fantastic to have. Um, you know, I, I don't really know. It's, it's just been such a wild ride this year that like, I'll, I'll shoot anybody. And, and, um, you know, I was lucky enough that a lot of bands that I, I would have listed have come through Chicago and I've been able to shoot them this year. Jimmy world was just through. That's one that I've loved since I was in high school. You know, green day, I think is probably my biggest one. They were probably the first band that was my favorite band, um, back in school. And so, uh, if I was able to shoot them, I think that that would be uh, a bucket list one for me. Uh, on top of that, I think the other one would be Nine Inch Nails. I'm such a huge fan of their music. I'm such a huge fan of their concert production. And it would be a huge challenge to fight with the lighting that they have. A lot of strobes, a lot of backlighting. Um, I think those two are probably at the top of my list. I don't think Nine Inch Nails does much approval, so that's probably going to remain a bucket list one for me. Um, but outside of that, I mean, I, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm spoiled living in Chicago with the amount of people that stop here, um, on a monthly basis, um, hip hop artists, rock artists, we've got giant arenas for people to play. We've got smaller clubs for people to play. Um, very, very lucky to be here in Chicago. That actually brings up another point I was curious about as somebody who used to live in the city over in Rogers park, um, is, do you have any favorite like, well, if you had to pick one venue to shoot at that you have shot before, what would you choose? You know what? I, I, I try not to let recency bias creep in. Um, but, but even with that in mind, just the salt chat, the first time I went there, I, I was able to shoot third eye blind back in April. Um, the space is nice. The lighting is, is gorgeous. Uh, every time I, I do a, a show there and, and anyone's like, Oh my God, this picture is great. Or this picture is fantastic. Those are the ones where like the lighting does 90% of the heavy lifting for me. Um, the pit is huge, which is great because they can approve like eight or nine photographers and you don't get in each other's way. They let you shoot from the rest of the venue after the first three songs are up. Um, and, and there are just so many angles and so many spaces in that place that you can shoot from. Um, there's a, a VIP balcony you've got access to. There's, uh, you know, general mission on the floor, but there's also risers behind that with actual seats, um, from a photography standpoint, from a, you know, who do they bring in standpoint? It's, it's sort of the perfect venue in the city. Cause like I said, run the jewels is coming. They just had Jimmy world Manchester orchestra. Ween was just there a couple weekends ago. Um, King Gizzard was there earlier this year. Tovlo just showed up. Um, they've got a really impressive roster of, of artists coming through. Yeah, I, uh, I'm going to have to show my recency bias, too, because I used to be bi very biased against Live Nation just because they have a bunch of rules and just a lot of extra that I don't usually have to deal with. But, man, I shot a show at House of Blues Orlando, and it was like basically the gold standard of like any show I've been to. Like, I'm not sure mm -hmm. if it's necessarily my favorite because I really like Janice Live and St. Pete. But man, having air conditioning, which is mm -hmm. like rare in Florida, apparently, um, and having beautiful lighting and having a spacious pit. I'm like, man, maybe I have to give Live Nation some props because they're kind of doing it right. Yeah, I've I've heard things about uh, Live Nation, and you know, in in extreme cases, like if you if you take any pictures that have the House of Blues logo anywhere in the photo, then they own the photo, stuff like that. 
I've never really had any problems with the one in Chicago. And and if if the one in Chicago is like the one that you just shot in, which I think it is, because I think they're all almost identical. Um, phenomenal facility, great lighting, huge pit, like I, like I was talking about. Um, I, I, my first show there was Our Lady Peace. I did them back in February. Um, and, and that was the first time I went to a place where I was like, oh, the lights here are phenomenal. I can turn my settings up a little bit and everything won't be dark. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it's crazy, especially just because like in a couple of days, I'm be shooting at a little hole in the wall called Ollie's Pub, which is like a 50 cap venue. And, uh, it's just the, the, the dichotomy between, the big venues and the small venues gets kind of wild within this line of work. And it's really makes you appreciate the good venues, I'd say. Definitely. But uh, anyway, we are running out of time. So I would like to ask the question that I've been starting off asking everybody at the end of the show. And I've gotten some pretty cool answers. And that is if you could tell Rich when he just first picked up a camera and decided to shoot concerts, not that those are the same timeline, but whenever you start shooting concerts, what would you tell them? Uh, man, I, um, I think I would tell him, uh, to just keep to to shoot his shot, and and by that I mean, you know, what's interesting for me is I I feel like I've had a lot of opportunities in a short amount of time. I mean, if I really, my first show that I was ever approved for with an actual photo pass for was this past January. So today is September 21st. So I've only been doing this like officially for about nine months. And so the rich that you were just talking about isn't too far back, but I think that the the big thing that, that it really took me a while to realize is that you can get approved for like bigger bands and bigger venues without having to have a ton of experience, right? Like obviously it helps, but like there's a bunch of venues where I was like, if you would have asked me in January, I'd be like, Oh God, I'd be lucky if I could do one show there this year. That'd be so amazing. You know, the first time I did there, I was, I was so excited and I'm still excited to go there, but like, you know, these venues, you can, I've done them four or five times now. And that's not a brag for me. I'm just, I want people to know that like, you cannot have a lot of experience as far as the time you've been doing this. You can have not a ton of experience in like the bands that you've shot before, but like if you're doing quality work, if you can turn around a good written review for stuff, like a lot of people are going to prove you for shows. Um, and so don't be afraid to like, man, I wish I could shoot this band, find a contact, email them. Um, if you can't find a contact on their website or something like that, message the band on Instagram, you know, just like try your thing. The worst you can hear is no. The second worst thing you can hear is nothing. And the third answer is yes. So um, might as well. And don't be intimidated, whether it be a venue or, or, or a band specifically, to to try and get it done. Yeah, I completely agree. I've uh, pretty much all of my success in this realm has basically just been from me saying, F it, I'm going to send a message anyway, and it's worked out. So I can definitely get the gist of what you're saying. It's a really, It's been a really fun time hanging out with you. I hope you have a great rest of your night, Rich. Same thing.